0: One of the things is stories. One thing you mentioned is about stories. We would sit around the fire and listen to stories from older generations. And those stories would educate us, would educate our minds, our imagination. would put something into our hearts, our souls, and would prime our brains for something, for wisdom, for something better. You know, my father used to say, Andrea, Learn from other people's mistakes. Listen to their stories, because you will not repeat. Why invent the wheel? Why hurt yourself when you can learn from somebody else's lessons? It's easier this way. That's what the former generations are bringing to us. And, you know, we live in Canada, and I've just spoken to an uh, indigenous from the Ojibwe nation, Samantha Kinoshanek, and she was talking about seven generations before and after no, that's, that's why we have it there. This, the saying of, you know, listen to the old people. We have old stories. There was always something that is the same, no matter, uh, what generation we are. You know, times change, but the lessons stay the same.
1: good day greetings hello wherever you are in the world thank you for joining true hope cast the official podcast of true hope canada now true hope canada we are a mind and body based supplement company that is dedicated first and foremost to promoting brain and body health through non-invasive nutritional means for more information about us you can visit truehopecanada.com today i welcome andrea Petru to the show now andrea lost her mother to cancer when she was 11 years old she then had an empowering vision made it her reality and became her own pillar in her life, lifting herself and others on that path. Today, as an intuitive co-empowerment thought leader, Andrea is helping multi-passionate women to feel safe, free, and at peace in all their relationships. Through her coaching visionaries, she helps turn vision into reality and supports people to live a fully congruent life. She loves working with individuals who are ready, committed, and who want to always be centered despite the inner and outer chaos. Today, we're going to be discussing how to recognize unnecessary stress and how we can shift our story. Enjoy the show. Okay, Andrea, welcome to True Hope Cast. Thank you so much for being with me today. And um, I'm very excited to learn more about you and what it is that you do. How are you? What is going well?
0: Hi, Simon. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am very well. Thank you. Um, What is going well? Oh, gosh. I I have the word abundance in my mind. For me, abundance is friendships, is opportunities, is having peace at home, is all the things that I am grateful for in my life and I can enjoy, so (laughs) that's where I am.
1: Beautiful, thank you for sharing that, that's lovely. Just as an introduction, can you just let us know who you are and what it is that you do, please?
0: Yes, thank you. So I'm a co-empowerment leadership coach and I'm working with women professionals who want to lead, who have a message to live in the world, who want to leave a legacy and who want to be the change they want to see in the world. And I help them discover or actually rediscover or remember their gifts, why they are here, what is the best path for them to take so that they can leave that mark they are looking for.
1: Interesting. So what led you into kind of... Um wanting to help women you know become free and at peace and feel safer i suppose in the world and within their like themselves and their own relationships like what what led you that to that path
0: my own journey and the most memorable moment when it started is in 1992 in romania because that's where i was born and in 1992 my mom died of cancer stomach cancer and that was a moment where many things at once started happening for me. The realization that the body and well-being and our health is very important. Then that we, as parents, we need to make sure we're going li- to live long enough for our children to enjoy, to receive the legacy, to have all that they can take from us, all that we can give them, our presence. Uh, wisdom lessons support whatever it is that we do as we are and then as growing up I started having all these issues in the relationship with myself with the higher power I believe in with my family with, with everything you know I did not know that I had a trauma by um, not having my mom since I was 11. I did not know the consequences of that. Nobody around me was aware. So all these things together created sort of an adventure for me to understand, to discover, and over time to improve. And I had to make choices. Not all the choices really helped me, but I learned from them. And relationships started as a very important thing for me because I love people. And I always care about us, about each other. I care about the world. I care about us being free, feeling safe, being okay, and having the peace no matter what happens to move on. And from relationships, because um, after moving to Canada in 2017, the question was, what do I do? How will I make money? How will I provide, take care of my family? Then... The leadership part became much more important than before because now it was not just leading my way, it was how to lead to leave an impact in the world. So, throughout my journey, I thought, Who am I? What kind of person am I? Who am I here? And then I realized I'm not the only one who has gone through all these things. Some other person in the world also has had similar complex issues. So, by understanding me, I understood that there's somebody else who was in my place or who could be in my place that I can help. So this, this is how the leadership coaching uh, started.
1: Beautiful. Um, so coming from Europe into North America, um, it just, when you were talking about like, you know, what can we do now to, you know, to live longer, to be able to influence our, our children and our children's children and, you know, passing on knowledge, passing on experience. Um, do you see a difference in in like North America from like where where you grew up in that because when I look at that now you know like as soon as we kind of like hit our 20s and we find a partner like we're looking to like move out and separate ourselves from our parents and like you know the we we put our you know when our parents get to a certain age we put them into like old people's homes so like rather than having you know three maybe even four generations of of um family members under one roof which would which not so long ago was a complete cultural norm now we've divided this up and i don't think people think about what they can do now for their health for their physical and mental well-being what they can do now to benefit their like marginal decade for their like last 10 years of life where they're going to be able to like you know influence their grandkids as best they can i don't think we as a culture in the west really think about it like that I think we're more selfish (laughs) I think that we are much more um we do a lot more forecasting in like a short-term window like looking at maybe the next few months or next year or so in regards to like health-wise rather than thinking about okay listen I'm nearly I this is just me as an example I'm nearly 40 years old in a couple of years I'm gonna be 40 and I'm starting I'm thinking now about like my last 10 years on earth and how I want that to look and how I want to physically be and mentally be, and there's so much that I I can and have to do now in my forties to lay that foundation for those things that I want to do. Like you know, I want to be able to um, still play golf when I'm 90. I still want to be able to like you know play on the floor with my grandkids and get up by myself unassisted. You know, I don't want to be what I would consider a burden on my family members if I don't look after myself now. And just as like you know, I, was, I was kind of like talking before about we would have different generations under the same roof. In your experience going from Romania and having a very different culture there and then coming to North America, how have you seen that like generational disconnect, especially coming into Canada?
0: That is a very good question and a deep one. And I'm gonna to touch upon the things that make it simple in a way, although it's, it is a very complex thing when you think about generations. In Romania, before 1989, so during communism, as I remember, we were very tight to each other. My grandparents, my maternal grandparents were still alive. They were in the same city. We would visit often. We would help each other. My parents always got support in whatever they needed. You know, there was, we cousins together, we would play. There was a lot of community, a lot of support. Now, my family is smaller than other families. In other parts of Romania, like in northern Romania, how my husband has relatives, they are dozens and hundreds in the same community and they gather together for um, anything in, in life. So community and that glue that keeps people together is even more, it's wider, it's expanded. So in Romania, it depended on the family and the region the family was in. But yes, it was something very beautiful and that connection is something we've been used to in our culture. After 1989, and I would say it's unfortunate that the West came in with ideas, values, beliefs, and a lifestyle that was not suitable for us. That was not ours. And more and more families started becoming individualistic. I do, I can't say I blame, but I do see the difference between the Romanian culture and part, not all, but maybe big part of the Western culture with this uh, isolation or individualization or, you know, just keeping all my own things, my own stuff. And we can laugh about it, but it became very serious. And um, I think the next 20 years, After 1989 in Romania, I kept hearing more and more in books and discussions among adults this idea of the family unity is destroyed or the family unity starts to become separated, you know, to to not be what it was in Romania. And this has become a very serious issue. Like you mentioned, my understanding is we are missing legacy, we are missing wisdom. We are missing something that only our parents and grandparents can give us. And one thing that always stood out for me is hearing my father telling me since I was a teenager that he wants to die at home. He doesn't want to go in an asylum um, like his grandmother had to go. Because no, uh, no uh, um, nephew could have taken care of her for six months, and actually she starved herself to death. So when my father saw that his grandmother died in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, well, we called it an asylum, but it's not asylum, <laughs> in an um, old people home. He decided that he wants to be healthy, like you mentioned uh, in the beginning. Just live healthy, be strong, and die at home at, at peace. My father is still alive, and he still has that fear, and he is alone. I'm not there; nobody is there with him. So I completely understand um, what is missing in our lives, in our societies, and and the difference between what has been in Romania and what is what is now it's very very difficult for many people and look at us me and my husband don't have anybody in Canada and when I mean what I mean by anybody I mean our parents are not here his brother is not here I don't have any other relative here so we are basically just with our children and one of uh, his exes so you know but that's that's different it's it's not the same thing like Nobody's helping us. It's just yeah. Yeah,
1: It's a very interesting dynamic here. In in, it's well, it's in it's in the in the Western world, and it and it's been happening for you know a long period of time in regards to that lack of like family value, I suppose. But as soon as you know, as soon as we start separating, you know that that generation out, like there's going to be such a lack of influence from them, and you know, I think that we we don't necessarily want to take advice from our from our parents or people who are older than us because we you know in the moment we think we know better like you know I can imagine myself you know when I was 13 when I was 20 there's no way I'd listen to like Simon who's 40 years old or 50 years old giving me giving myself advice you know it's very we're not really I don't know why it's very interesting that we are unable to take advice from my like close family members this is a very interesting that's another whole weird story about humans but yeah we have when we do have this lack of wisdom or lack of responsibility within our societies yeah we 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 start to become like isolated and we think in this kind of reductionist fashion and we don't think about like what life might be for us in like in our 70s and our 80s and the 90s and especially when we're in our 30s 40s and 50s I mean you you especially as just biologically as females like everything kind of before 50 like you need to take like real good care of yourself you know because like Soon as you get into that like post postmenopausal situation, you have that big estrogen drop. There's so much you can do with your physical body to to strengthen to avoid a lot of the things that you know that that sixty that year old, seventy year old women go through. But even as men as well, you know, like I think it's very important that right now, thirties, forties, fifties, you can do so much to support yourself. And you're not just doing it for yourself, you know, you're actually setting an example for within your family that it's very important to take care of your physical and your mental health for, for those those later days in your life. And I don't think that that a lot of people who, let's just say in North America, who probably don't exercise enough, drink too much and eat rubbish food. I don't think that they really want to be doing that. I think that they are isolated. I think they have a lack of responsibility. I think they have a lack of drive, a lack of motivation, a lack of goals in their life. And the um, like the addiction of the kind of crappier foods or watching the shows constantly and not moving your body like that is that trap is just so it's like psychologically biochemically rewarding to just like get those things but i don't believe that people want to be alone i believe people want to be in these communities like you're talking about up in like uh in like northern romania you i think you said northern romania anyway but like you know you've got these closer communities of, of um of groups of individuals you know even just like 40 minutes away from where i live in 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 bc the 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 communities are you know they're outside of the city they're like a thousand people rather than a hundred thousand people and you have to do things together you know like we're a community based organisms we need to be you know using um festivals or holidays music dance you know like we use these things they are like so um ancient within us to, to do these types of things to come together and share those stories around the campfire like i can't think of anything more ancient and human than that and we just have a little bit yeah like with the with the big cities and the apartment blocks where we can separate each other by more walls we just lost a little bit bit of that but in my personal opinion i think we're coming to an absolute absolute breaking point of where people can't handle the isolation anymore and they are looking to you know, get out of the cities or go out of their comfort zones to connect with more human beings especially after like after the last two and a half years of You know mandates and lockdowns and all these things that divide us even further like it's the last thing we kind of needed um but people are looking for that human connectivity and i think we're at a breaking point where i don't think it's just going to get worse and then just be horrific i think people are going to start going towards it and and it'll be a very unconscious thing because our body craves it what do you think
0: well you touched upon a lot of things and my brain goes I would say thinking of what you do with your company and in your products, just just thinking of that, you know, um, and put it into perspective, we have forgotten what made us humans thrive over millennia, right? And one of the things is stories, one thing you mentioned is our stories, we would sit around the fire and listen to stories from older generations, and those stories would educate us, would educate our minds, our imagination, would put something into our hearts, our souls, and would prime our brains for something, for wisdom, for something better. You know, my father used to say, Andrea, learn from other people's mistakes, listen to their stories, because you will not repeat, why invent the wheel? Why hurt yourself when you can learn from somebody else's lessons? It's easier this way. That's what the former generations are bringing to us. And, you know, we live in Canada. And I've just spoken to an uh, indigenous from the Ojibwe Nation, Samantha Kenoshanek, and she was talking about, you know, seven generations before and after. You know, that's that's why we have it there, this, this saying of, you know, listen to the old people we have old stories, there was always something that is the same, no matter uh, what generation we are, you know? Times change, but the lessons stay the same. And in terms of our bodies, we all have a mission. We all have something specific and unique we're bringing in the world. But how are we gonna fulfill that if we don't care of this conduit, this uh, mode of transportation, and in this world which is our body and how can we help our body if we don't understand what the body is and the body is a community a community of cells a community of organisms a a community that works together it's not for the same goal but there is one goal survival and homeostasis is another so if the body is doing that you know as above so below so what is going on in our bodies is what is going on in our societies. So how do we take care of the societies, how we take care of the body? And it's, you know, it goes both ways. And the responsibility that we can take and that is going to help us all is looking first at the individual, at who we are, our bodies, what is going on inside, why how are we having those cravings? There's always, always something Mental and or emotional. They can go together. We were talking, I remember the beginning of our conversation about a situation in my family where one of the family members was saying, but I eat healthy and I still don't feel well. And the next thing was, well, have you heard of the studies related to emotions and the heart? No. Well, if you eat something healthy when you are stressed, the stress is gonna affect your stomach how come well the, the nerves there's a nerve that goes down i think it's the polyvagal one polyvagus yeah the vagus okay so and the polyvagal theory is the one i had in mind so the vagus nerve it connects with uh the gut the bacteria and everything else. you know like we we have all this information so if we're stressed the brain and everything is going to get the stress hormones what you're going to eat is healthy strawberries and a bit of stress. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound full of positivity and light to me. And your body's going to take everything, both the vitamins and the emotions and the thoughts. So what are you looking for in your life? How do you want to live? Because the how, the goal, should lead you to a lifestyle, to a way of living, to taking care of your body with certain uh, type of nutrition some of it you can take from food some of it you need supplements for you know you need therapies you need a lot of stuff uh maybe i don't know maybe just a little so it's very important to be mindful of the fact that whatever we take in mentally emotionally energetically uh, physically even the people we surround ourselves with. That's why you, Simon, and I talk about community because community is nurturing us, is nurturing our minds, is nurturing our souls. You know, what kind of books are we reading? Because that is gonna affect our thinking, our emotions, and how we're gonna conduct ourselves in life. So everything is important, and I think we cannot speak about well-being and health and wellness without speaking of all the aspects of human life everything is important and in the last two years i've seen so much hurt in the world so much trauma just because of isolation just one thing isolate people and then you're going to see um a hurricane at a societal level i think this is what's been going on yeah. i have i heard Stephen Jenkinson, who's a Canadian author, talking about the fact that we don't even know the impact, everything that has been happening in the last years is going to have upon the world. We can't even measure it. We can't see it. There are some effects that are visible, like the suicidal rate increasing and homeless people being more and more homeless people on the streets and a lot of stuff, domestic violence growing and other things happening but it goes deeper and wider than that and it's still not visible what are we going to do about it
1: yeah i mean that that disconnect that we have within our community goes all the way to the top of our governments right like even just when we're talking about making the decision to lock down the whole country or you know wherever that might be um and not taking into consideration i mean i i I personally think that governments have a weird combination of malevolence and also vicious incompetence um i think that the smartest people the smartest people um on the planet don't go and work for the government in my opinion um so you know they go to the pub they go to the private sector where they can make more money and then whoever just ends up going to the government puts their time in says yes and then carries on again that's another topic but we have this disconnect right we have this disconnect within our governments that don't really get that communal aspect you know like they're up on their high horse and they're making these rules and legislations that they believe the, the, these large amounts of people want I mean it's very very difficult to govern a significant amount of people and I just go back to the origins of cities and countries and civilizations where it would have been like a few people um, attempting to govern maybe a few hundred people and then that gets bigger and bigger and bigger right to a point where we're like where we're at now and let's just say the with Canadian population of like 150 200 million people and then a small group of people trying to govern all of that like it's unbelievably complicated super super messy room for a lot of error and a room for a lot of malevolent behavior but I loved what you were talking about when you're talking about stories around the campfire and sharing those things and that without question, obviously, inspires children to use and engage and develop their creative minds, their imaginations, to create their own stories and to embellish on top of those other ones and ask questions. And it just gets me to thinking of like the, of like w- when our kids go into the school system and I don't believe that schools do a brilliant job in regards to um, developing and um, motivating those creative imaginary to imaginative centers of, of kids, you know, it's so difficult to be able to like do that individually for like 40 children, you know, it's an impossible job. So a lot of kids that lose that, lose that very, very important ability to become creative, to, to, to use their imagination, to ask big questions, to make mistakes, to recognize other people's mistakes and to move forward and, and basically do, do what science is. Um, and then we don't ask, then we don't ask huge, big questions like how do I want to serve? How do I how do I want to live? How do I want to die? Like these are big okay questions that you can ask yourself, but we don't really we don't really do that anymore. And again, it comes to a lack of responsibility and a lack of creativity, perhaps because that part of our brain does not get developed when we are young, where it should, because we should be massively influenced by our grandparents who have seen it, done it, and they want they want to share and they're they're in a place you know where they're in their like last years of life and all they want to do is like serve and provide love and compassion and caring you know like they don't really have a foot in the game anymore you know they just want to pass on this wisdom and this information pass on the mistakes pass on the successes and just kind of like through that whole lack of development of creativity you're not going to ask yourself big questions when you get to become an adult and you become more independent and where you should be in a position to be taking more responsibility i think that we take easy routes out i think that we get really comfortable i think we love to like blame other people rather than looking inwards and asking ourselves these questions like is this the best i can do am i really putting my best effort in here can i do some personal development you know like so these big huge questions that are like much more inward rather than using the whole external world to you know, attempt to just like get through life, which it just shouldn't really be like that. You know, like asking yourself the question like, how do you want to spend the last 10 years of your life? And how do I want to serve not just myself but my children and my community? Because that's what like connects us and and brings us all together. And without question, if you know if you've got some experience and you ask the right questions to the right people or you read books and read history, we are very, very far away from You know what, human beings did for let's just say 100, 200,000 years. Like what we're doing now in the last 100 years is very, very abnormal for our biological evolution. And we have this cultural evolution that is just like so far above us and it's just all over the place. It's stimulating, it's mad, it's messy, it's wild. And unfortunately, people get to about 40, 50, 60 years of age before they realize that. And they've kind of, and it's kind of a little bit too late. So, yeah, it's very very interesting that um we've just kind of taken this direction rather than talking about the transformation of relationships but that's just the magical wonder of podcasts i suppose um but i want to kind of bring it back to like what you do in your work well oh, first of all do you have a response to just that whole thing i just said before we move on
0: i do there are storytellers like me coming up and bringing the stories that we need to life There's a need for aliveness in our bodies, in our families, in our culture, in the world. And it's the artists, it's the storytellers. It's those who remember that can bring us back to those connections that you were talking about. And I really love how you shared about all these aspects. And I do agree with everything you said. I see that... What is happening in my life is happening at a bigger level. And what I mean is that my dad, for instance, he taught me to listen. He taught me to see that when we are young, we don't understand a lot of things. While we have the energy and the craziness and the drive to do things, we don't have that wisdom to help us know where do we put our energy into. And... The older generations has gone through some experiences, not all of them. They are they don't know everything, but they know something. And that something can be put together with the energy and the mindset of the young and build something together, create something together. This is what newer generations are dismissing. Uh, they are dismissing in Romania. They are dismissing in Canada, in the United States. It's happening everywhere in the world where this idea of Oh, I don't need you. Uh, I am fine on my own. I'm smart enough, you know. I am living in the new ways. Da 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 da. But by dismissing something that has value in it, we are depriving ourselves from what we can take. I mean, all all we are asking. Actually, when I say we, I say I'm forty-one. <laughs> So all we, my generation is asking and the older ones is listen and take only what you need. This is what my father taught me. Andrea, take what you feel is okay for you from your mother, from me, from everybody and leave the rest out because the idea is every generation is taking things further and higher. I mean, this is a belief he had and I do believe in that. Yet we still need to listen to what was to listen to their stories, because we reach the point where we ask, who are you? Why are you here? What did? What are you here for? How can you know if you don't know who your family was, if you don't know their stories, if you don't know their history? Because you have in your bones, in your blood, you have their DNA. Do you think their stories just vanish because they died? Are you kidding me? The stories, their beliefs, the conditioning has been there even before you were born. And they passed it on to you. So do you know what you have there? Do you know if you, what you have is supporting you or not? This is about your health. This is about your goals. This is about your success in business. This is about how you're going to be as a family man, woman, or anything you want to be in the world. These are questions we are not asking, like you said, because we don't think, well, they can tell us. They. Our ancestors can tell us through the legacy they have lived. So what is your legacy would be my question. It's my question to me. It's my question to you, Simon. It's my question to everybody listening. What is your legacy? You said, well, what if you die in 10 years? I'm saying, what if you die tomorrow in the next 30 seconds? Have you said, everybody, I love you to all the people you love? Have you appreciated everybody you appreciate? Do they know you love them? Do they know you appreciate them? Do they know they hurt you? Why? Because there's healing in that. What are you going to leave others behind? You know, what are you going to leave your children, your friends with? What's the memory they are going to have about you? That you are somebody who was bitchy about this and this and that that you brought those unnecessary stresses in your life and the life of others when you could have simply laughed about it and just make everybody feel comfortable in a moment, that you were the person who, instead of listening to somebody who was traumatized, you were actually bullying them or, you know, or that you were so good and so kind. You were such a special person, but you did not write that book with your memories, with the things that you could have passed on to others. We are all beautiful people and we can all impart something upon each other and leave something in the world. Wherever we are with addiction or it doesn't matter, we can get out of anything. The question is, what is your message for the world? And that is going to drive everything you need. It's going to bring the people. It's going to bring the relationships. It's going to bring the opportunities. And you take, when you take them, Oh my God. That's the
1: legacy you're going to be. Beautiful. I'd love to talk a little bit more about your work specifically, and you know how you work with with relationships and transforming them. So, like, how how do you start when you start working with an individual? How can we begin to like have healthy relationships, or recognize there are issues, or even transform the current relationships that we have? Because you know, relationships last a long time, and it can seem that relationships like come to a halt or they've come to a negative place or, you know, even a positive place. I'm not sure. But like, how do we even begin to like transform those and even recognize, you know, maybe what's an unhealthy relationship and what's a healthy one.
0: We need clarity and a lot of reflection. And I'm not sure that we are the ones who can do it on our own uh, entirely. Right. The most important question to ask is, is, When I look back and when I look at what is now and pick one relationship, could be a relationship with yourself, relationship with your higher power, relationship with your parents, like just pick one relationship and you do the same thing with any other relationship in your life. We also have a relationship with money, by the way. Um, And ask yourself the question, what do I like, what I don't like, and then Take a note. Have one side of the paper with what you like, one side of the paper with what you don't like. Or have one notebook for one thing, one notebook for another thing. And then go deeper. How do I feel about this or that? You can be very specific or simply, how do I feel in this relationship? So you go from the mental to the emotional, and then you're going to ask your body. I really, really encourage you to ask your body and feel your body when you are thinking of a person when you're thinking of a situation because your body is the one who has you know like a notepad all the memories all the things that have happened are are taken in are memorizing your body and your body is going to tell you you will have a gut feeling your heart is going to feel like you know or I'm going to have that peace about it. You will know. Even if your mind doesn't tell you, even if your emotions are like, I don't know how I feel because I'm a man and I'm not quite connected to my emotions. That's okay. Every man, I believe, has a very deep connection with his body. And I believe our bodies speak to us in different ways. We just need to understand the language or relearn that language. And every question can take you deeper and deeper. So you start with what I like, what I want. Um how I feel about it, Um, what would I love most, what would I keep, and what would I not want to feel, see, sense, experience again? And all these questions, first, you're going to have clarity. And upon that clarity, you can create goals. you You can see what's the direction you want to go. And beyond that, one important question to ask in terms of relationships is, is this relationship serving me and this is not about being selfish this is about being healthy and wise in order for a relationship to be healthy you gotta ask those questions and see how it serves you because this does not take you to the question oh so do i have to remove this relationship from my life do i have to separate no This leads you to the question, what is next? Because in the same relationship you want to keep, maybe it didn't go that well. And there are some ways you can find out to improve it so it goes well and it serves both of you. And yet it starts with you, asking about you. Once you ask about you and you discover all those things, then the next question is, okay, do I still want this relationship? Then if I do want it, How can I make it better? How can I improve things? How can I collaborate with the other person? So together, we actually build a beautiful relationship we want to be in that's helping us and supporting us. And in case the relationship is with something that is not human, like money, higher power, or anything else, if you believe in terms of energy, then the energy is going to speak to you because it's life i believe energy is life and life is energy and life is everything in us and around us and about us and when we have these conversations with ourselves we actually go into a transformation inside in our minds in our souls in everything we are and life is going to respond with an opportunity with an insight with a feeling um with a phone call we received from somebody and we're like oh this is where i was just thinking about it and oh my god so i believe everything we do once we start with questions and really having the courage it takes a lot of courage sometimes to see the answers like when you realize "Ooh, that hurt Mm, those words hurt me or yeah why did i accept that person to slap you know it, it takes some courage with everything. And if you don't have that on your own, ask help. We have coaches, we have therapists, we have friends, we have even the mothers, even the dog, the trees, just the idea is to have a feeling and an experience that something is listening, that somebody is listening. We need those conversations, even if it's not with a human that can respond. But we need that because it helps us reflect, and it helps us
1: grow. Yeah, I think we have a very difficult time just with clarity in general, especially when it comes to ourselves, because it involves it involves stepping back a second. It involves being, um, you know, self-exploratory, asking yourself tough questions. And I don't think that's a normal thing right now for for people, because I think we have this this poor direction in regards to we allow the external world to completely control our internal experience rather than taking a step back and thinking, okay, you know, I can have a lot more power than I believe over my thoughts, feelings and behaviors, and I can actually change and cultivate those to create the reality that I want. So I think we have this like incorrect understanding of how our emotional state is controlled by the outside world you know I, I i don't believe that whatsoever i believe that it can be very very easy for people to become so overstimulated by our very limited senses and our external world of what's going on in and around us because it can be very very overwhelming and stimulating and it's kind of like it never literally never switches off so it would be very easy to fall into the um i suppose the logical trap that the reason I feel depressed or the reason I feel sad or the reason I feel lonely is because of the outside world. And we also have this like big blame culture as culture as well, right? But if we're able to step back, have cl- no have clarity within our thoughts where we're kind of step like taking ego out of the equation and like really like self evaluating ourselves, we're going inside and then we're recognizing that there are thoughts that I might have that probably have no validity to them, which are um you know creating um beliefs and core beliefs about myself which most likely are not true and that will lead to emotional states that change out you know our thoughts can change our physiological body through chemistry it's quite remarkable and if you can do that in like a, a negative way we can certainly do that to create thoughts and emotions and behaviors that can make us feel incredible and that changes your perspective on the outside world which literally changes your reality right so it's just remarkable that we yeah i completely agree with you that if we want to make any type of change especially like a big thing like a like a relationship within your life which is like an everyday experience you have to be able to step back and analyze that and like if you want to successfully progress and advance that then you would have to be able to like you know like take a step back and really think about it lay things out on the table and try and take ego out of the equation where you're able to use clarity and reason to figure out like you know where because without question in let's just say a bad relationship you're gonna have it's gonna be partly your fault there's no like there's no like easy way out of that so it's interesting that you know you have you, you can only do that when you take that step back and and i love that the fact that you use clarity as like a beginning process do you what what's your advice for when people have got like significant turmoil within their lives you know whether that's like something internal like deep dark depression or something that's like you know, outside of them where like they literally haven't got the ability or the time to start thinking about you know creating clarity around their values and beliefs what do you what would you recommend to those individuals who are really really struggling
0: breathe the first thing is to breathe science has proven that By taking three or four deep breaths, we are interrupting that cycle of overthinking of stress. So the first thing is to help our bodies get into that state of peace and calm. We cannot think clearly if our bodies are in stress. And there are multiple ways to do that. Um, I mean, if we talk about tools, HeartMath Institute has some tools, biofeedback tools to help you actually see by listening to the heartbeats and see on your phone, uh, breathing in and out. What does that do to you? Because they've discovered that when your heart is at peace or when your heart has those positive emotions, it influences the brain waves. So imagine how simple it would be if you could simply breathe and realize that When your heart gets into coherence, your brain gets into coherence, and then you have that state of, I would say, independence, of sovereignty, where you can be aware of your thoughts, aware of your worries, aware of what's going on inside you, that you have physical pain or whatever, and also aware of what's going on outside, and yet still have that agency, that power of control, and not react instead see how you can respond it's very important to use the body to use the breath to use something that's right here with us physical to disrupt whatever is going on and all it is is just seconds i think in 60 seconds um, one example is you can use gratitude exercise you know if something is really horrible is really terrible going on this okay If you can, because there are situations where we cannot think of that, but let's say there is a possibility, then think of the things you're grateful for. Start with simple things like, I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I'm still breathing despite the fact that I just had something happening to me. I'm grateful that I can hear, that I can see. You know, just simple things that are very obvious and then you can go into deeper ones. And if you take those 60 seconds, you've already disrupted Kind of thinking, believing uh way of living, and then you can start anew refreshed
1: beautiful, I think that's just such wonderful advice, and I think a lot of people don't recognize I mean when you talk about like energy or biofeedback or things like that, I think it's some people who just don't yet have the understanding or the experience that we are like biochemical electric organisms that's just the simple fact that that's that's what we are when you do look at like a a heart rate you know like it's 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 electricity it's energy it's frequency and we know that positive more positive emotions like love gratitude happiness for example they carry such a stronger more powerful um wavelength of energy and then we have anger rage you know these things carry a very short wave very very weak frequency and those things especially experienced over a long period of time and we're supposed to experience these things normally right but when they're experienced like chronically for long periods of time they will change our physiology and that's when you start stepping into the to the realm of disease and pathology and much much more serious issues but without question like if you're able to work on like becoming more having more clarity in your life, you're literally like engaging a different part of your brain, engaging a different part of your nervous system, which you know um works at a very different frequency. When you start to be more conscious on your breath and using different types of breath work, again, you're tapping into your nervous system. You're you're somewhat taking control over an autonomic part of your body which is just you know usually like automatic and not happening so you do and then again gratitude as well like when you hold yourself in gratitude and happiness and you can try and be grateful and happy for like the a couple of very simple things and you can always go back down to the point that yeah i am grateful that i'm alive i'm grateful that i'm breathing and those they're not just like things to just say to like make you think better they literally change your biology and put you in a place to deal with the things that naturally come up which are going to be difficult because life is hard but they'll give you that space and that time to be able to respond to those situations rather than having to rely on your reptilian stress reaction brain which we can't really engage for more than a few minutes at a time with you know with no with not having long-term effects happen to to your body. So it's so important to recognize that, that we are beautiful, energetic, bio-electronic, chemical computers, and we've got the ability, we've got so much power within ourselves, within our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors to to change so much of what's going on inside of us that, yeah, it's, it's just interesting that we've not, we've just like lost that natural connection and understanding, and whether that's from just our, cultural evolution of maybe not teaching that in schools and embracing that with like you know yoga and meditation and you know asking kids big questions you know like i think they can handle that type of thing and a combination of like not having those grandparents or great grandparents in the household influencing it's it's very very it's very very difficult because somebody who is 80 years old and has experienced so much is going to have a very, very different understanding of what being grateful means than like a 20 year old, you know, so it's like, it's it's weird and wild that we don't, um, want to learn more from those generations because it's so unbelievably valuable, even though we don't have to agree with everything they say, but like at least listening and, you know, being open to listening and being open to being wrong and asking more questions. Um, it's just, it's just interesting to me that we don't, we, we just don't want to ask big questions these days.
0: Yeah. And, you know, to sum it up is we are connected. I keep telling this to people. We are all connected when we are aware of that, that this connection does not, this is not disrupted by anything. We are connected no matter what we do to each other, no matter how much we isolate ourselves from each other. We stay connected. All our emotions and thoughts and everything because our energetic uh, blueprint is there, we, it's, it's like we're putting drops in an ocean. Everything we are, everything we do, everything we think of is drops in an ocean. And this ocean is made of all of us. And we can get support. We can get help. All we need is to make up our minds. Like, What do we want? What are we looking for? Because it's already there. We have the generations. We have the stories. We have the history. We have people who can help us dig out. There are all sorts of therapies and and ways to do that. And we have our own gifts. Oh my gosh, when we discover our own gifts, life is so amazing. One thing I wanted to mention is that here in Canada, we have um, an organization that has been educating people to become trauma-informed, which is... Alberta Family uh, Wellness, I think. Uh, they have brain story, uh, course with certification where people can actually see what does the science say, what do cl- the clinicians say, what have they discovered through MRIs, what happens when we are stressed. And in simple ways, is the amygdala in the brain who's releasing the stress hormones gets bigger and bigger the more we stay in that stress. And when we find ways to cope and relax and find peace, Always three months of continuous practice. There are other people who have done their own uh, studies with that, like how God changes your brain. There's a book about Andrew uh, by Andrew Newberg, I think. And these people have found out clearly how we get into sickness and illness. You know how we get into states of stress. What's going on in our bodies, and then how we can make those changes to come back to a healthy and state a state of well-being when we take care of all these aspects of course not all at once because it will be overwhelming yeah when we take care of all these aspects every single thing we do you know i've been reading a book uh the compound effect by i think it's darren hardy and the compound effect means that you do one small thing one small thing each day one thought a gratitude exercise eating just one thing that's healthy you know if you keep doing something, very little each day, it's going to add up. And when you look back after weeks, months, years, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is a huge change from the moment where I inspired it. It, all, it, all, it takes just a decision. Once you make that decision, stick to it, Do simple things, and change is going to happen in your life and the life of loved ones
1: beautiful thank you so much yeah it's um we're no we're undeniably all super connected so like do we want to do that with love compassion and gratitude or do we want to do that with hatred anger and you know these other emotions that are just so they just are so self-limiting so yeah it's an interest, it's an inter- interesting conundrum but i think we do have wonderful people out there who are providing solutions who are sharing stories sharing information and we've never lived in a well right now anyway we've never lived in such a remarkable time where these stories are accessible to lots and lots of people i pray that and hope that that stays stays that way we've seen regimes throughout history that have attempted to you know book burn and to stop these types of thoughts and processes happening and doing their very best to um stop that communion to stop that connection that we also desperately need so it's very, very interesting. But yeah, there's so many amazing solutions out there and people who can certainly inspire. But thank you so much for joining me today, Andrea. That was, that was quite wonderful. Can you let people know how they can connect with you?
0: Before letting you know how we can connect with me, please watch this podcast because you're going to discover all sorts of solutions and people and ideas that can really nurture you, that can really help you wherever you are in this place in this moment in time of your life. I've listened to some of them and it's it's inspiring and it's it's really interesting. And you bring uh, amazing people that I've never heard of that we should know of who are really touching our lives. And you can find me always at andreapetrut.ca. I always bring uh, improvements because I'm always learning and transforming and developing myself. And I will bring more and more things into the world. My podcast, Healing to Awareness, and all these interviews that I'm doing are going to be up there. There's, there's a lot of stuff coming up uh, new. And I also have a book coming out. I'm a co-author and Podmatch guest mastery book. Uh, and uh, I will have my own memoir coming up next year. So, you no, know, lots of good things happening. If you need something, please reach out to me. You can email me, contact me, wherever you find me on social media. I will always be there for you.
1: Beautiful, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And if you can send me the link for the Alberta Health something that you mentioned. Family and well, yeah, Family. I will I will yeah. send.
0: Because it's, it's so good, like anyone in the world can take the course because it's online. And- Beautiful. And if you are not in Canada, just ask them, you know, how can you access that? And I'm sure they will help you.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So we'll make sure that all those show links to that organization, to that course, as well as your your social media and your website as well. We'll make sure that's all in the show notes. But Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for having me here. This was uh, such a wonderful conversation. Thank you.
1: I agree. Yeah, it was quite quite something. But uh that is it for this week on True Hope Cast, the official podcast of True Hope Canada. We will see you next week.